Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sharma McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenet of Sunday as a special day to set aside some time for a spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish, of course. And I have had uh, many spiritual experiences. 
and the gratitude. And we just focus on being our real selves and carrying the message given to us. And uh, we just do Bible readings every Sunday morning. We're actually reading our way straight through the Bible. And uh, this morning we'll be, we will be in Second Timothy, the last chapter four. And for our opening prayer, uh, let's read together and uh, bow our heads. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we just still give our deepest condolences to all those who have lost. You know, worldwide, um, um, there's been a lot of attacks and um, people are being murdered for various beliefs, having different beliefs, or just being different. And um, we pray to God that um, their families find some solace. And um, as everybody is buried, and uh, we just want to remember that our thoughts are with everybody, their family, our deepest condolences. And uh, God bless every one of you. And um, we just sat about it. And did you know that there was an afterlife and that we'll be happy in the afterlife also? So we haven't lost hope, but. Uh, We are very sad about what's going on. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their lives are freedom and to worship, and lives are in jeopardy. And we pray for all those who are suffering from violence here at home and abroad. And we pray for those who are sick in mind and body, and those who are lonely and uncomforted. We ask God to forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes. And we pray for freedom for addiction addiction of all kinds. Please send your mighty angel, uh, Archangel Michael, to fight against evil and to protect the lives that are taken for distorted and evil reasons. We do believe these people have become martyrs, and we want to send their angels over to watch over everybody. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. I have read so many stories of animal abuse and torture and death um, that I uh, cry day and night over it. Now we ask God to watch over all these little animals and all those souls we brought to heaven. And uh, we also pray for our wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and then we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. And we thank God. We thank God for all his hope and the help and the Holy Spirit that he has sent us. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And we ask this all in Jesus' name to keep everybody and their families in our prayers and our hopes and that everybody attain their dreams. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, if you don't have a Bible this morning to do the Bible study, go ahead and go over to BibleGateway.com uh, or my favorite place, www.biblia.com, www.biblia.com. And the opening music, of course, was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Save. If you want to order a copy, contact them at Save, S-A-V-A-E dot org. They're on Facebook and they do live shows. And you can also listen to them on YouTube for free. And you can get your CD like I did from Amazon. 
And we have a bunch of birthdays today, and we wish everybody a very happy and blessed birthday and a very prosperous year ahead. And we have Lisa Hudson. We have my friend Lauren Lawrence and uh, Sonnenhauser, and that's Paul. And also Carla Solis, Vicki Eckler, Stephen Lanny, Vicki, uh, Vicki, sorry again, Palm, Tom Froelich, and Matt DeMatt. Happy birthday, everybody. God bless you, and I hope all your dreams come true. And we wish you a very prosperous year ahead. And now, uh, you know, we have uh, made our whole way through uh, to Second um, Timothy, and this is our last chapter today. And I want to read the summary thanks to Smoop, S-H-M-O-O-P dot com. And they do uh, our little funny but accurate summaries. And as we start to read our Bible, get out your Bible to Second Timothy chapter 4, the last one, just before we go to Titus. So uh, here we go with uh, uh, the reading of Second Timothy chapter 4, the last letter of Timothy. Paul is dead almost. Paul finishes off by reminding Timothy to keep going and tell people about Jesus. He worries that someday people won't be satisfied with the teachings from such an authoritative source. They're going to go running around trying to find a preacher who agrees with their point of view. Paul's passing all this on because he's about to die. He's in prison in Rome, and he knows that they'll end up putting him to death. God won't spring him from the big house this time. But it's fine because Paul fought the good fight. He's made it to the finish line, and now he's ready to get the medal slung around his neck. Paul asked Timothy to come to see him soon. It seems everyone else has left him there in Rome. And then he's also missing his cloak and some books. But even though not everybody stood by him during this last stint in prison, Paul hopes God won't hold anything against him. God may have saved him before, but Paul knows now he's the end of the road. It was a good ride. He closes the letter by asking Timothy to say hi to the friends in other churches and to come visit soon. Until then, Paul will be writing. It is a very sad letter. And now we're going to go to read in our Bible. So open up your Bible. And we're going to read straight from the deal itself. I love my Bible. It's a very study Bible. It's very easy to read. And uh, I feel very blessed by it. This is my second copy. I wore, almost wore out the first, but... Um, I found it in the street, and I've been reading it ever since. So that's why, if you want, you're curious about why I do the rarity bio, that's why I like the good notes, and it's very clear to me. So here we are at Second Timothy, chapter four. The charge to a soldier of Christ. Four. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and, and, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, extort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away from their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things and endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry, the comfort of a soldier of Christ, a good finish to life. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering 
and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the course, and I have kept the faith. A good future after life. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord and the righteous death will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. And this is good friends in life. We're on, we're on verse 9. May every effort come to me soon. For make every effort to effort to come to me soon. For Demos, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to the Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up your Mark and pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. But Titius I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I have left at Troas with Carpus and the books, especially the parchment. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but Lord will repay him according to his deeds. But on guard against him yourself, for he has vigorously opposed our teaching. At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me, and may it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear that I have risk I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me to safety to his heavenly kingdom and to him to be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Concluding greetings. Greet Prissa and Aquila in the household of Onesphius. Erastus remained at Corinth, but Trifismus I must I left sick at Miletus. Make every effort to come before winter. Iblius greets you, also Prudence and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Now let's read the notes. Starts on four one. His appearing in his kingdom. When Christ appears, he will inaugurate the judgment and his faithful will be gathered into his kingdom. And then verse 2 is be ready in season and out of season. For example, always be ready whether the time is appropriate for preaching or the gospel or not. And then uh, uh, chapter 4, 3 through 4, a description of people who were no longer content to hear the sound of teaching of Paul, but who were impelled to turn to many different teachers from novelty and untruth. And then uh, 4 through 5 says be sober. This word means abstain from wine, thus metaphorically, be sober in judgment. And his pastoral work, Timothy, was not to forget to evangelize the unsaved. And then, for six, poured out a drink offering. Um, Paul viewed his death as pouring out of his life as an offering to God. And departure, release, uh, for example, of death. Paul knew that this time he would not be freed. And for seven, the faith. The recognized body of Christian's doctrine. Paul kept the faith in two senses. He was obedient to it, and then he passed it on as he received it. And then for a crown of righteousness, one of the rewards, prizes after Christians, in this case, for loving and coming of Christ. And then after a climatic testimony to 6 through 8, Paul returns to treat worrisome and immediate personal affairs. Uh, Demas deserted Paul is not known 
Mark and Paul had overcome the differences, and that caused the earlier separation and the, the cloak to protect from the cold and the damp of his dungeon and his books, his papyrus rolls, the parchments, skins of vellum used for more precious documents. In this case, probably Paul's personal copies of portions of the Old Testament. This missionary prisoner still wanted to study. And then Alexander. Probably not the same as one mentioned in First Timothy 1.20. We may infer from verse 15 that he may have caused the arrest of Paul in some city, that he was still active and that he was hostile to Paul's teachings. And then my first defense, the preliminary hearing for which Paul's final trial was opened. And then uh, Paul was not immediately condemned then and was spared from execution at that time. And then uh, he's talking about his Prissa and Aquila, devoted friends of Paul's. And then this is happening, cannot be fitted into X. Thus it indicates two imprisonments in Rome for Paul. And then um, at the end of this, at least four persons named here had not deserted Paul. Nothing more is known of them. So Paul had to close this out, and uh, knowing uh, he was sad, and he's saying his goodbyes. And as, uh, as always, he was preaching. So what we're going to do is uh, read next time Titus, and that's another Paul's writings, and uh, he's writing more letters, and it'll be Titus next week. So I hope everybody's having a very good morning. It's beautiful here. It's warm in Southern California, but uh, we do think it's beautiful here, and uh, I don't want that hot weather coming, and I know it's coming. But let's see. Um, let's read out of our guidepost because uh, I was reading at C.S. Lewis, and um, he is such an instructor that uh, sometimes I, I'm not sure what you think of C.S. Lewis, but anyway, let's uh, let's find us a nice story out of. Um, okay, so let's start our guidepost, and we're going to read My Irascible Aunt Alice. So it's James Marsh. Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm going down to visit Aunt Alice, I said, staring out of the apartment windows in the courtyard five floors before. I was up from Atlanta, visiting my parents in Port Chester, New York, and I always tried to call on family members from there, but I guess what my mother was going to say, say, I was guessing what my mother was going to say about this particular errand. Why do you want to see her? You know how Alice is. I do only too well. Everyone in our family has good marks on her. Uh, Alice was the last chronically uh, critical, and she was a tangled ball of emotion to love. She was dad's sister, and she lived only three floors downstairs from my parents' place. I figured I could make that quick visit and escape before my too sorely tried. I'm going down, I repeated. In the elevator, I girded myself for the questions that would come. Everything I did seemed to me Alice with disapproval. My way, move, my move away from home, my work with prisoners, my faith. I stood staring at the door, apartment 204. I sighed deeply and leaned on the doorbell, saying a prayer for strength. Kiosritic footsteps seemed slower this, and then they were drowned out by her call. I'm coming. Hold your horses. Then she cracked the door with enough to show her derisive scowl. Oh, it's you, she said, to press lips. Come on in. Only four feet eleven inches tall, she could knock you out with one caustic comma. 
pointing me to a seat at her cluttered dining table. She immediately served up a complaint. Why doesn't your father ever visit me? Alice, why don't you ride the elevator three, up three floors and ask him yourself? I said, snapping to the bait. Well, he had never asked me to come. And why doesn't your brother Bill ever write or call? And what about your sister? I could feel myself becoming heated. Look, I complained. I live in Atlanta. I don't know what's going on here in Port Chester. Why are you so cranky? Trying to tune her out, I glanced around the apartment. It hadn't changed much. The sink was cluttered with plastic foam meal trays and unwashed cups. The living room couch displayed handmade Afghans guarded by stuffed dolls. In one corner of the mahogany shelf, bookshelf holding a hundred miniature china dogs. I looked back to when I was a seven-year-old boy, fascinated by the dog. One day she thought I wasn't looking. I, I thought she was looking. I picked up a tiny black terrier, and suddenly I heard her scream, Put that down! Startled, I dropped the pooch. She swooped down and inspected all the canines. Don't you ever touch those again, she cried. Mine. And even now I squirmed at the memory. Let's have some Irish soda bread and tea, she announced. This was another ritual. She brought some out some stale bread and wheat tea, and then she watched carefully to see how much uh, butter and jam I used. And when we finished, she said her usual request. How about a game of Scrabble? Staring at the table of the New York Times magazine crossword puzzle, completely finished. I write she repeated every Sunday. I wiped jam from my lips, and I took out. she took out the Scrabble board. She spelled, I spelled cat, dog, and boat. She laid out xylophone, zephyr, and parquet. Each time she put down a good word, she rubbed it in with a nasal snicker, adding points to the already lopsided scoring column. She, her gnarled fingers wrapped around the pencil. Throughout the torturous watch, there was more barbs. The priest hardly ever comes, and he does, he just rushes out. Your mother hardly ever comes, and my sister Agnes never visits. So look on her, also blurted out. I don't know about our relatives. They don't come to see me either, but you don't hear me whining about it, do you? My blood was boiling. What's your problem? And that, Alice, turned her guns to me. So when you are going to get married, is there a woman in the picture? My hands were shaking out. Alice sat quietly for a moment. Then she looked right at me saying, and stop sending me those Bible references to look up. I don't like having to look things up in the Bible. That did it. Alice, I have to go. Goodbye. I hurried out to the elevator, wishing her the worst, and I couldn't love her. I don't even like her. She made me feel trapped as a prisoner that I ministered to. Back in Atlanta, I put her out of my mind, and three weeks later, I was attending a training conference for work. Is there anything hindering your relationship with God? The speaker spoke. Is there any person who makes you feel angry for God's forgive and needs God's forgiveness and give up your resentment and forgive? I closed my eyes. There in my mind, I could see Don Alice. But oddly enough, she seemed to be holding a fishing rod, reeling the line in. Then I understood. I always went for the bait, and she lured by her accusations and complaints. She had her hook in me. Lord, I pray, forgive me. I have been trapped in my anger. Let me just accept Alice as she is, feisty and opinionated. Forgive me for my impatience, and let me see her as a person. Six months later, I went back to Port Chester. Standing in front of the apartments 204, I felt curious eagerness to see my aunt again. Oh, it's you, she said. Come on in. Your father hasn't been around in months. Why? I don't know, Alice, but it's good to see you. I kissed her forehead, dead her lonely blue eyes. Well, what about Bill? He never comes, and Roberta might as well be a total stranger, not even a call. 
I don't know, I said, noticing her eyes searching mine for emotional response. I haven't heard from Patricia in years. I haven't either. Uncle Tommy comes, but he doesn't stay long. I'm sorry. In the next five minutes were almost fun, like playing tennis, but not having to win. On Alice, I interrupted. Let's have some Irish soda bread and tea, and I'll get it set, uh, set it if you set up the Scrabble board. She smiled and cleared the table. During the game, I said, Alice, tell me about the time when you were a telephone operator. And for the next hour, she chatted about her life as a phone company. While talking, she didn't make one complaint. Then she described the sudden death of her husband and her own fears. When Ed died, I had nothing, no children, nobody. I didn't know where to turn, her eyes lowered. It was hard when your father died, too. She continued, when I was just a teenager, I had four sisters and a brother to look after. My mother had to take in boarders to make ends meet. Through her fingers, she laid how arthritis had plagued her for years. Day after day, she made herself get up and go. Suddenly, before me, I could see a valiant person with a remarkable coping skills. No wonder she was so bossy. She was a survivor. As I left, I gave Alice a big hug. Over her shoulder, I noticed the china dogs and chuckled to myself. I love you, Aunt Alice. I said and kissed her cheek. She kissed me back and said, I love you too. A maturing process has happened that day. I learned how to look beyond a lonely woman's verbal combat to discover the person God knew. A strong, giving person. A soul needing love and affirmation, my Aunt Alice. And to think I could have missed knowing her. Amen. So I wish everybody today, I, I hope you that you like that story I did. And uh, we have to remember to love the unlovable. And also, even if we find ourselves angry and short with people and everything, make our apologies and send out the love to those around you. And also, we are all survivors. And um, and we might get cranky at times because we are in pain or we're sick, but we'll try to put our chin up and do the best we can. And as we face the world this next week, have a better attitude. And in closing, let's say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever it is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. I love you, and may your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. Message me if you have any concerns or requests for prayers, or you need to discuss something, or you would like to be a special speaker for our, our Sunday morning service. So bye, my friends. Happy trails to you. God bless you, and love you always. Amen.